Hello and welcome to the Conservation Queens podcast. We are five girls who love the earth and have a passion for living a more eco-friendly life. We are real-life Sioux employees and as always, nothing that we say reflects our organizations and all thoughts and opinions are our own, especially this episode. So please keep in mind that we try to keep our podcast PG-13, so if you have younger listeners, you may want to review the content beforehand. But I'm Katie. I'm Abby. And I'm Emily A. And with that, let's talk about stuff. Uh, So Emily B. will be joining in later in the episode. We are just recording our little, it'll be me and her in our segment uh, in a little while later. And Kenzie has to wake up early, so that's okay. (laughs) So she's exempt (laughs) from this episode. We understand. Well, let's get started with our fan shout outs. Anyone got one? Uh, Kenzie had um one. Yeah, Kenzie had one for Emma. She said that Emma was going to Yellowstone, which, if y'all remember, that was the national park I talked about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was the one I picked, but I do want to go there. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> That's awesome, though. I can't wait to hear all about it when she gets back. Yes. <laughs> So we'll start right out with our conservation updates, of which I have quite a few because it's been a couple weeks um, since our last episode, (laughs) um, which we'll talk about at the end of this episode. But uh, first one's for you, Abby. You (gasps) will really appreciate this. Um, It is about birds. Um, It was a research study done by the German Center for Integrative Biodiversity. Um, and they took data from like the 2012 European Quality of Life Survey and then applied that to how diverse um, bird species were in those areas. So they were trying to find a correlation between diversity of bird species and quality of life. And according to their findings, the happiest Europeans are those who can experience numerous different bird species in their <laughs> daily life or who live in near natural surroundings that are home to many species. So basically, the title of this article was Being Around Birds Makes You Happier. <gasps> oh, um, which I would like to say, tell that to the people that walk through the aviary at the zoo. And as soon as a bird flies near them, they literally scream. drop to the ground and scream. <laughs> And then they're oh like, I got pooped on. And you're like, what did you, I, did you see the ground? Do you see where all, you can see the danger zone. Oh, yes. my, my favorite mm-hmm. is when people literally like see a huge nest with like a million birds. birds yep. Specifically a million starlings. Really, yep. Yeah. <laughs> stand they under it with your mouth wide, down. wide open, mouth wide open. Thank God right for masks there. right now. Cause I feel like several people would have had their mouths pooped in. <laughs> And yeah. like I get, like I point out, like so there are in our in the facility we work at, we have a really cool like aviary you walk through, and we have some metallic starlings right now that are building a gorgeous communal nest. They're not like, my like, favorite. Okay, well, <laughs> ouch. We all know um, who my favorite is. Yes, but they've built a gorgeous nest, and it's like right when you walk in. So I always point it out to people. But then when I point it out to people, that doesn't mean go stand underneath it. <laughs> you can see it perfectly all from here. It just cracks me up every time. Every yeah, and you just are like 
sometimes you sit there and you're like, hmm, I'm going to count how many people get pooped on. <laughs> but anyway, um, the second conservation update that I have is kind of crazy, um, really exciting. There are cheetahs that are currently being relocated to India, a couple of um, reservations, oh. like preserves in India, um, in an attempt to reintroduce the predator that used to live in that area. Um, so cheetahs once roamed uh, an area from Turkey um, to India's western and central regions. Um, now, Asiatic cheetahs, cheetahs that are found in uh, Asia, are critically in Asia, endangered. Um, and there are perhaps fewer than 50 of them, um, which are only found in Iran currently, um, which happened because uh, Indian monarchs hunted them to extinction in the subcontinent in the 1950s. Wow, shocking. And then 20 years uh, later, there was an attempt to reintroduce them again in the 1970s, but it... Um, failed so hopefully this one goes a lot better see the good news um, is now we know a lot more about reintroductions and conservation because we've this had because the aza wasn't formed until the 70s as well so now that we know more and have like a, a better idea of a network of people sharing ideas hopefully that will help and also the internet probably helps too because you're able to communicate better for studying these animals so that's going to be really cool yeah so good luck uh be pretty neat if cheetahs ended up back in india where apparently they were not that long ago and Who now when we talk knew? about footprints we can be like well technically they are also in asia but we're thinking <laughs> like <Stop. can> you... <laughs> no <laughs> absolutely not. there's an activity we have at our zoo where we have to try to match paw prints and every kid gets every answer except for lion, which is the correct answer. Aye, aye, aye. Well, on to zoo news. I say, Katie, you have zoo news. I do. Okay, wait, this is really awesome. I was like, I like almost cried reading this article, but it's so an right eighth now, thing, isn't it? It sure is. Oh. In the Czech Republic, um, their zoos are currently closed for quarantine due to COVID-19. Um, but two zoos that are like, I think they said something like overnight, like a hundred miles away from each other, um, have collaborated to have Zoom sessions with their two troops of chimpanzees to provide some enrichment and entertainment for them while there are no guests. Um, so it was like, they do it every day now and these chimps just like watch each other. And at first they were like really defensive seeing another chimp family. Um, but now, um, the keepers said they will note it, like they will watch the chimpanzees bring over food, um, to like show the other group. They will like show dominance over each other via doom, zoom and even, um, uh, they'll even watch like when the humans clean out the enclosure. Um, they'll like watch them do that with like the keepers said it literally looks like they take over a snack sit down and like they're watching a movie oh my gosh that's um, terrifying it's so cute and then um also the chimpanzees when like they have the zoom on from like i think it said eight in the morning to 4 p.m at night okay so and they have a cap on screen time that's good yes well i mean but it's just like showing what the other chimps are doing so they're not always watching each other but They've noticed that if, you know, say like a 
um, two of the chimps uh, and one of the family groups like start, you know, maybe there's like a fight that broke out or there's a disagreement. The chimps that are on the like other end of the Zoom will all like stop and look and see what's happening. Oh my gosh. As if like they're like, oh, what's the drama? What's the tea? What's the real on? housewives <laughs> yeah. of chimpanzees. <laughs> like how funny is that? But anyway, I just think it's a really creative way of providing them some enrichment when they uh, don't have like guests to, you know. Interact with, with enrichment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So adorable. Yeah. By the way, every time um, you go into a zoo, you're enrichment. True that. <laughs> Unless we don't want you to, you know, bother the animals, but that's a different story. Apparently, one of our gorillas has impeccable aim with his poop. Yes. Yes. Very true. Yes. He gets and very frustrated exactly... with men that try to make noises at him. Yes, I tell um, guests when they're being little buttholes about um, <laughs> yelling at the gorillas. I say, uh, you know, we don't want to do this because we want to keep the environment as natural as possible. And the gorillas uh, tend to defend themselves by throwing poo and they have impeccable aim. So True I that. advise not to. <laughs> it works um, every time, too. It's weird. <laughs> well, I wonder why. Um, but anyway, I will be posting the link to that chimp thing on our um, Facebook and Instagram because the name of this Czech zoo I cannot pronounce. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I will I will post it instead of trying to spell it for you here. So yes, <laughs> watch it. It's it's great. <laughs> I, I probably will. It sounds awesome. Um, on the other hand, of things that aren't so great that have happened in zoos recently, and I'm sure everyone knows about this, but we have to talk about it because I just I just need to rant about it for a second because it makes me so mad. So at the San Diego Zoo last week, there was a man who took his two-year-old child into an elephant exhibit. He passed he literally three, couldn't he, be any dumber. He, he passed three barriers, including a fence. A moat and a, another fence, which I'm sure there was some hot wire in there too. And then the bull elephant charged the man. Shocker. That's he, a male elephant, by the way. What? Just saying that's a male elephant for anyone that oh, didn't yes, know what a bull, bull elephant, elephant male is. Elephant. Uh, they're solitary and they're territorial. So the reason that we have the barriers at zoos is so you don't <laughs> go certain places. It's like crazy this. concept, it's I know. Amazing. And to to make it even even better, he did drop his kid, but thank God picked her up before the elephant got to them. But yeah, you can watch this video. It's all over it was all over TikTok. It's I'm sure on YouTube and TikTok, elsewhere YouTube, on the news. It's in the news. And the man has now been charged with child endangerment. Uh I am very thankful they both came out of there alive because and it's crazy because everyone – there were so many people watching them. They were all yelling at him, though, but no one's going to well, yes. go and, like – Like, what are you going to do exactly? Right, you're like, like you're well, not I'm gonna not going to cross yourself. the thing, too, because I don't want to get trampled by a bull elephant. Which he literally came, like, feet away from getting trampled it and was, his and, child And apparently trampled. the reason was so he could take a picture with it. I hate people. I <sighs> Emily, did you see this video? Yes, I did. And it uh, made me very upset. Yeah. yeah. We were yeah. showing, everybody was showing each other at work the morning after it happened. And we were all like, did you see this idiot man? Um, and apparently, and then Emily told me uh, <laughs> that there was one guy on like a comment on a TikTok that was like, 
oh, well, look, at can't you see how sad the elephant is? And he's trying to get out of his habitat. No, the bull elephant is defending like, his territory. Get home, you jerk. Oh, my God. I Yeah, I saw that comment, too, on TikTok. They were like, well, maybe if it was in the wild. I'm like, that is literally the furthest like, from the point Maybe if here. you were in the wild, then we wouldn't have to deal with you anymore. <laughs> Goodbye. I, I just don't want to. So, that's my... I don't know if it's sad news. It's just angry news. Well, it's, it's still zoo news. It's definitely yeah. like we it could not talk about it. But it just like, come on. I mean, if it makes you feel any better, I had um, two different guests uh, tell me about like the elephant situation at the zoo, and they were equally as upset about it. And they were like, "Don't people know that if you go in there, like obviously the animal is going to be the one who's hurt." Like, yeah, if a person did we not learn anything from Harambe people? Oh my gosh, have we talked about that on this show? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we have. I'm sure we have at least once, but we we did. We talked about it in our zoo episodes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, like it's just not worth it, people. Like, you don't. You don't need to risk your life. Your literal two-year-old child's life. life. There's another zoo news, is there not? There is. This is actually a really cool one. Uh, The AZA is hosting a benefit concert. So this Wednesday, as of us recording this, you still have time to buy your tickets. Uh, March 31st, 2021. So if you're listening to this like three years from now, uh, you missed it. Uh, (laughs) But you can watch some country music stars like Brad Paisley and Ashley Knight Brad and Riley Green. They are going to be playing. um, I said at the Detroit Zoo, but then I did more research and realized that was wrong. So they're going to be playing a benefit concert called the All Together for Animals concert. Tickets are only $30. This is like basically a country music festival that you're getting for dirt cheap prices. Um, It is live streamed. Um, 50% of the proceeds will go to AZA zoos. However, if you would like to pay more for your ticket to donate more money, anything over the $30, so like if you pay like $31, $1 get donated extra directly to AZA zoos. So the more money you put into it, the more that zoos and aquariums will benefit from it. Um, There's a bunch of country stars. So I know that some people hate country music. And if that's the case, then you can just donate $30 out of spite to your local zoo aquarium. So we can still raise money for those animals. I don't necessarily, I'm not the biggest country music fan, but I'll do it for the animals. That's what I was thinking. Ooh, my... My favorite person is going to be performing in this. Her name's Jessie James Decker, and I love her. She has, like, a dog um, rescue with her husband. I will. So it's time for Beluga News, the best news. Um, I've got two things this week. Both of them are coming out of Canada, obviously, where most beluga whales live. Um, I found an article. It's talking about, um, so the Cook Inlet population of beluga whales, which is the population that we keep bringing up because they're the ones that are endangered. Um, they spend the summers in the Cook Inlet, which is why like it's important to protect them because they congregate in huge numbers there. Um, but when it's not the summertime, they actually disperse from that area. And a lot of them go up the Kenai river. Um, and so they were saying that observations in this past year, like in late 2020 and early 2021, are showing that more and more belugas are spending a lot of time in the Kenai River um, kind of dispersed. So the more we know about the way they move, the more we know about how much time they spend here versus there, 
um, we can help protect them better, which is pretty neat. So they also mentioned that a lot of the beluga whale, um, like information in the off season, like non-summer comes Mm -hmm. from like citizen science observers, like people who just see the whales and report them. Um, so if you happen to live in Canada and, and you see a blue whale <laughs> and you're living my dream, let yeah. somebody know. Yeah, that is true. Um, and then the other thing I found was that um, there is a proposed liquefied natural gas plant in Quebec in Canada. And they sent off their like proposal for this plant to the Environmental Review Board. And the Environmental Review Board really did not like this plan. Um, because the proposed plant would basically be in an area where belugas live and they didn't really address like their waste or how it would affect the belugas and things like that so the review board was like whoa 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 whoa, whoa, guys gotta consider the beluga whales um so the plant has not been totally like um the proposed plant has not totally been like shut down or anything basically the plant people just have to go back and be like okay how are we actually gonna protect beluga whales if we're going to build this plant um, but that's many years down the road. So good to know that people are looking out for beluga whales. <laughs> they're, I mean, they're great. So They are. They're the best. Did you um, share a picture that had like a million beluga whales in it the other day? I did. Where was uh, that? Um, an awesome picture. So it's from, I don't know exactly where geographically it's from, mm-hmm. but I know that that footage came from like the Nat Geo people who mm-hmm. recorded all of the stuff <laughs> for the uh, whale thing that's coming out on Disney Plus. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Right. And that's coming out soon? Earth Day. Earth Day. Earth Day. Ah, duh. Amazing. Yes. Which Can't is wait. not too far off. Less than I a month. I know. A couple weeks. I well, don't know. that brings us to... The actual topic of this episode, which is a little, I think, odd for what we usually talk about. (laughs) This is is different. um, Promoting animals and their importance and wildlife and conservation. Um, But today, um, we decided to talk about uh, trashing animals, (laughs) question mark? We're roasting animals that don't deserve the recognition that they have. Uh, I'm calling it animal hot takes. So, uh, and I'm going to be playing devil's advocate for this whole thing. Because Katie was like, well, maybe we should tell the other side. And I was like, all right, go ahead. So now I she's think doing- it's a little important to not completely trash talk animals yeah, that we should the, care about. I was going to say, in and the more capacity. research that I did, the more I realized that we should actually be protecting my animal, mm-hmm. even if mm-hmm. they're useless, um, which I kind of knew before. <laughs> but like, okay, they are. And we're going to talk about it. Let me just, let's get into it. So... Uh, also, I mean, this episode could also be kind of disclaiming, like, hey, you might have heard that these animals should be extinct or are useless, but they actually are important, too, so it could be helpful to those people we'll as well. We'll tell you why. Uh, and the elephant in the room is not elephants, it's pandas. Um, so That's the first one. That's the, well, actually yeah. we'll, talk about, we'll talk about three different ones, but we're first going to talk about pandas. I, I have a disclaimer. There are many researchers that argue that pandas in the wild behave very differently than pandas in zoos and aquariums. This has been proven to be true. Um, Some of the things that they exhibit in zoos aren't what they exhibit out in the wild and vice versa. We'll get to it. Um, But I will say, if you ask any zoo professional at all what their least favorite animals in zoos are, (laughs) 99% of the time. That's such a... 
biased question. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, if I talk to zoo people and I'm like, is there any animal you don't like? They're all like pandas. And we have <laughs> reasons. So it's not just because we think they're terrible. Because we agree. They're adorable. <laughs> they are very funny in the snow. They do not make any sense when they flop around. But from <laughs> that's, that's what they do. Have you ever seen that video of like just pandas falling off like the jungle gyms yeah. at their zoo? It's I truly it's stuff like that that makes me wonder how they actually survive. Apparently they're like ferocious <laughs> in the wild, which I would believe. But anyway, we'll get to it. So from our experience in zoos and aquariums, pandas want to die. They don't want to exist. <laughs> I was talking to one of our coworkers today, and she was like, yeah, they just kind of want to go extinct, don't they? And I was like, yeah, that's why we're talking about it, because it's just like, they literally would have gone extinct by now if we hadn't started breeding programs. Uh, to be fair, a lot of that was due to human encroachment, so it's our fault. Shocker. Ooh, there it is. Yep. Uh, mm -hmm. Which is true with lots of other animals. But the thing is, pandas don't seem to have any sort of importance in their habit, in their ecosystem. <laughs> to be determined. <laughs> TBD, but like, kind of. Um, so let, let me explain. So first of all, the most common thing that people know is pandas are decidedly terrible at breeding in zoos and aquariums. They sure are. They just don't know what they're doing. Or they do, but females are only in estrus, which is in heat for those who don't know. For two days out of the entire year. That's a very small window. Which is such a the males. It's so tiny. That is evolutionarily a little dumb. rough. Dumb. <laughs> Darwin. What? I don't I don't know. Um, so breeding efforts that zoos put into giant pandas are extreme and insane, including like really extremely tracking the hormones that are going on. When they are in heat, it is like the male and female are just kept together so that like they hope something will happen. Um, and apparently, this is I read an article that said in the wild, pandas are very very good at letting each other know that it's sexy time. Yeah. Um, and threesomes have been recorded of one female Amazing. and multiple males. Oh, and apparently they mate once every few minutes for forty eight hours. Well, and the article did go. say, this is so funny, the article did say, that's more than a human mates in an, an entire year. Wow. <laughs> I was like, okay, really... cool. Um, so it's different in the wild, but in zoos and aquariums, it is, like, extremely difficult to determine when a, a panda is in estrus. Getting the male interested is also difficult. And then when they have their babies, they usually have twins. In the wild, pandas are only going to keep one baby because it makes yeah. more sense to take the stronger baby and raise that one the best you can so you have that genetic output. Um, so and like it's less energy expended by the mom. Yeah, it's like opposite of what like spiders do where they're just like, good luck and have 10,000 babies. Um, <laughs> but then in zoos and aquariums, they'll take the weak baby and they'll nurture it behind the scenes. And it's a 24 hours a day job. And then they'll mm -hmm. keep like switching them out. So they both are raised equally. Because pandas have, like, they just, it, it's, it's so much effort for this animal that wants to die out so badly. God, I would love that job. Though. I don't think so. I've heard horror stories from people who have hand reared animals and they're like, you don't get any sleep. Okay. Okay. But have you ever seen that video of a female panda that like just gave birth and she's like got her baby? And a keeper comes in with an apple and she drops the baby 
and grabs the apple. And that's like what the keeper wanted so that they could take the baby and like check oh. it over and stuff. It is the funniest video. Literally, all you have to do is Google Panda giving away baby for Apple. <laughs> and literally, she's like, oh, is that is that an Apple? Oh, here, have my child. Okay, so, so, <laughs> it's amazing. So what I it's think is like, I, I have a feeling, like they said, a lot of pa like pandas behave really differently in zoos and aquariums. It makes sense. Oh, yeah. They have a very different sure. stimulus. They don't want to, they, they just, okay. Anyway, uh, pandas eat bamboo, which everybody knows. Um, but pandas are bears, which also everybody knows. Bears are usually carnivores. Omnivores. They eat only meat, or they'll be omnivores and eat both. They're, with they're omnivores. I'm, okay, they're omnivores. Except for, like, polar bears. I'd say all other bears are omnivores. Polar bears are omnivores. We gave ours giant-ass carrots. Uh, oh, there you go. But, anyway, so bears are omnivores. But they're adapted for eating, like, a 50% meat diet, is what it gets down to. Pandas don't. They eat bamboo. Um, but because they're omnivores, they're bad at digesting plants. Especially bamboo, which is usually toxic when it's raw to some animals. And is really tough, so it's hard to digest. So they poop a lot, and it looks almost the same coming out as it does going in. Oh, uh, man. Classic Gross. pandas. So it's like when you yeah. <laughs> great comparison I'm just saying, like so do you know how do you, i learned this today do you know how much it costs to feed a panda for a year tell me five hundred thousand dollars i feel like what? that's up there wow. with how much it takes to feed manatees in rehab but yes manatees have an ecological importance and pandas. Um, okay, we'll get That's to that. That's not the we'll hot go, take we're about today, Katie. Um, I'm just saying it does cost a lot of money to feed other animals as it well. It does, but like, that's just for bamboo. Yeah. Katie's just busy. I, she's in turn. <laughs> I will give you time, I promise. I'm just saying. They eat $500,000 of worth of bamboo every single year. That's, that is excessive that's a lot yeah and that's like when you even grow your own bamboo and it grows fast so it can't be sure that does. expensive but they still eat five hundred thousand dollars every year worth of it that's a lot yeah. um so the biggest thing with pandas that most zoo people have the most trouble with in liking them is how much money goes into having giant pandas in zoos and aquariums and there's actually a word for it. It's called pandanomics. Oh, and that was from like Forbes. But for pandas, yeah. uh -huh, that makes that sense. That was from Forbes, <laughs> so it's correct. Thanks, Forbes. <laughs> uh, like I said, pandas eat five hundred thousand dollars worth of bamboo every single year. Too much bamboo, too much money. Um, so every panda that you see that is in a zoo or aquarium, and it's not in China, is on loan from China. And the fee to have these pandas is a million dollars per panda that is now, paid is that, to the Chinese government. Now, that million dollars is just like the, we are allowed to have a panda on loan from China. That's not including no, the $500,000 worth of panda. To to, to, <laughs> they allow us to have these pandas as long as we give them a million bucks per panda. 
this is what I'm going to tell guests next time they're at our zoo. And they're like, why don't you guys have pandas? And I'm like, because they're too damn expensive. Oh, expensive. Oh, my gosh. And our zoo is a pretty good zoo. And we cannot afford that. Um, <laughs> I don't know how these people afford them. Um, and even better, China has the right to recall the pandas at any time. Which happened at the San Diego yes. Zoo I honestly, when their lease I ended. They recalled the pandas back. So now San Diego Zoo does not have pandas anymore. I remember when that happened. Lord. And they were saying goodbye to their pandas. I say this, like, all the time. That it, like, just the audacity for a whole country to decide that they own a species. Like, <laughs> I get no. that they're endemic I'm not okay with to that. China. I, I, I don't also say they're, they're really culturally awesome. significant. <laughs> But like gorillas are also mm. endemic to Grower gorillas. Let's be specific there, Emily. <laughs> okay. Bald Listen, eagles are endemic to the I'm United States. We don't, ta- we don't tell people pandas. to pay us a million dollars if a bald eagle in a zoo overseas. I guess not. Correct. Because that's mm-hmm. all right. All right. <laughs> and even better, until recently, the Chinese government wasn't even using the money for panda conservation. They were just taking it. And then people were like Hey, hey, if wait we're a minute. Do this, don't you think that this should go to restoring the species in the wild since that is why you've been charging us a, mil- a million dollars per panda? <laughs> you guys remember that one SpongeBob episode where like Mr. Krabs is selling that hat and that guy's like, I'll give you one million dollars. And that's what I feel like the US was like when we were like, hey, can we have a panda in our zoo? For one million dollars. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. So that's how my brain works. Because it's so expensive, there are only three zoos in the United States that now have giant pandas: the Memphis Zoo, the National Zoo in DC, and Zoo Atlanta. That's crazy. How do they do it? I. They must have really good donors, and I think they're in pretty, like pretty well-off areas with really good donors. Mostly, really good donors and usually zoos with pandas tend to be more expensive to visit i wonder why maybe because each panda costs 1.5 million dollars every year for food and lease alone and that does not include dumb i the zoo that i went to when i was in australia the adelaide zoo had pandas and a million dollars a year to the Chinese company. Yeah, I know that's like kind of blowing my mind right now, but that's US dang. dollars, by the way, for our international listeners, which apparently we have a couple of, which blows my mind, but that's okay. Um, but like I said, there's a lot of valid arguments for why pandas are actually important and should be saved. Begrudgingly, I agree, and it's not because I think pandas are cool. Just to clarify, clarify. there. Katie's going to tell you why. He's going to be devil's advocate and explain why pandas should technically. They are important. They are important. Go ahead. They are important. And I think before I dive into this, (laughs) or maybe I'll say this at the end, the way that we go about conserving these animals maybe should look different in the future than what it is currently. But they are an important species that should be preserved for ecological reasons. I agree. Also, don't have a niche. Keep going. So, pandas are an excellent flagship species. They are big, sexy megafauna. Say it again. Big, sexy 
megafauna, <laughs> which I have had several requests that we should put on a shirt and sell as merch. So pandas, okay. they'd be excellent flagship they species um, for animals that live in the mountains of China because they are very cute. They're very fuzzy and they just overall are a very charismatic animal. I mean, who wouldn't relate to a giant fat panda gnawing on bamboo and then falling down the ladder because... Maybe that's why I, I sure do. Them because I feel personally attacked every time I watch them. I'm like, oh. <laughs> it's just very fun to watch. Um, but that's why they're like the face of World Wildlife Fund. They've been the face of World Wildlife Fund, I think, since it was founded. Yeah. Um, they helped put a lot of conservation organizations like on the map, so oh, to speak, can I, can um, I because they're tangent? such a big, you know. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. This is something I've just learned really, really funny. So, uh, Way back when, to stay with me, professional wrestling uh, in the U.S. when it was first founded was called the WWF for like the World Wrestling Foundation, and the World Wildlife Fund sued them because they're like, we don't like that you have the same acronym we do. So that's why they changed the WWE. Sometimes World Wildlife Fund is a little much. And oh, I know, thought that was so funny. I was like, yeah, we should take that, that is, back. That is, that is important. What are we supposed to change our name to? <laughs> Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, you can change yours. You're fine. Well, anyway, a flagship species is uh, a species that's selected to act as an ambassador for other areas in the area that they live in. Um, and this kind of helps cause a positive trend for other vulnerable areas that live in their habitat or their range, um, like pandas, um, which can also make them an umbrella species, which means they can protect a lot of other animals kind of under this umbrella of their habitat range. Um, if we protect panda habitat range, you're going to protect other animals, you know, obviously as well. Um, there was a study done by Duke University that found that many of China's endemic species, so species only found in China, were concentrated in Southwest China, um, which is where the giant panda now survives. So the giant pandas range uh, overlaps with 70% of the forest bird and mammal species in this and that's area. that's why pandas are important because we're saving the birds. <laughs> uh, yeah, there, that pleases us. <laughs> However, I will say they did mention that hmm. amphibians tend to be neglected in this plan as they are not generally found in the giant pandas oh, range. Problem. Which is problematic because amphibians are literally indicator species for everything. If it, the amphibians go, we all go. We're all done. So we really should give amphibians more love. And Does the Chinese know, giant salamander live anywhere near pandas? Probably not. I, I'll be, I'll, I'm Googling it. Okay. Well, um, and like Abby said earlier, she kind of did mention this, but by saying, like, by spreading that whole, like, oh, pandas suck at breeding, blah, 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 um, it does kind of negate the fact that we played a very large part in the reason for why it's so hard for them to breed. Um, it's not that pandas suck at it. It's just that their population has declined so much through the loss of habitat. They can't find each other, but there's also just not enough of them for their population to be able to bounce back naturally at this point, which is why they need assistance. Um, it's really not natural selection when humans have done a lot of the unnatural things to the ecosystem to make it this way. Um, another point is uh, humans sure do depend on the bamboo forests where pandas live and pandas help make the forests. So yeah. You know, they eat the bamboo and they poop out those seeds and bam, 
you got more bamboo forests. So for only five hundred thousand dollars a year. Well, they are very. They do have ecological significance. Um, and I just also there's this article I was reading about like why we should save pandas. And I really liked this quote from the article. It said, um, diversity promotes stability. So basically the more species you have in an ecosystem, the more diverse, the, the healthier the ecosystem is. That is absolutely true and has been proven time and time again. So, and for those who are um, on the edge of their seat, the Chinese giant salamander range <laughs> does not overlap with the pandas because mountains. Yeah, right. So they're exactly, which is why amphibians aren't really found where they live. But just, um, just for those who are also, like really concerned. To kind of wrap up my why we should care about pandas, I think that, like Abby said, really the points that are made against pandas have a lot to do with financing um, in zoos and their breeding program. And I think that while breeding programs are very successful for many, many endangered species, I don't know if pandas are one of them. <laughs> I don't know if it's worth it for pandas. I think that with them that in the future, maybe their focus on their conservation should be more um, in the na their natural environment and preserving their current habitat range or maybe restoring some of it. And I understand that in order to keep the genetic pool viable, we do need to have breeding programs. I just think it's excessive. It's a little much. <laughs> it's a little much for those pandas. And so here's the thing too. I've watched a documentary about um giant pandas that was uh about like the breeding programs. And it was very interesting to see like how they rehabilitate some of these pandas to like go back in the wild and like not interact with humans. And it does involve covering yourself with panda pee which is another, we could get into that later, but love, love it, it's a lot, but it does like, they do say that it's, it's helped a lot, especially in the preserved areas. So there are facilities in China that are also had, that also had you have breeding programs. So it's not like this is the only population, which is why it feels a little excessive for it to be so much money, especially when like, that's not compensating for care or travel costs or things like that so that's where that's where people get angry like in zoos is because it's so much money to keep these animals and where that money going it doesn't go anywhere except for like it, it just it it's it's a lot so that's why we I understand that. That. yeah i do yeah. it's just it's important it's it's like the distinction between hating the actual like animal and its ecological role versus like how bad we've done them in the wild that we're doing what we have to we do just now. Just did them really dirty and now <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, and I'm not here we are. I'm not ready to say that pandas don't suck because they still do. <laughs> um but I understand <laughs> important. So mm -hmm. if you thought I made you mad now Emily is gonna make you really angry. Oh my god! So, I this one, this one does. This uh, made Katie does, so angry, uh, you know. even suggesting it in the text. So this is gonna be great. Uh, Emily, tell Listen. us why <laughs> we're gonna hate you. Go ahead. Okay, get ready for it. But I'm going to talk about Australia's version of a panda. Yeah. Happy koalas. Sure. <laughs> I will give you that they literally are Australia's panda. I mean, that's definitely true. It's definitely another flagship species. <laughs> oh, oh my God. I've yeah, forgotten zoo is. news. This is so um, important. 
Bindi Irwin had her baby. Oh, she did. She oh, congratulations, did. Bindi yes. and Chandler. Grace Warrior Irwin. How? And her, her husband. <laughs> the guy that we like just care about the fact that he married Bindi. Uh, yeah. Congratulations, little Grace Warrior. Yeah. Uh, what what a badass. <laughs> Makes sense because Australia. Can we say that's like a badass yeah. name. Can we say that? It is. It, it is. is. Um, and the only reason I remembered is because the picture they posted this morning, um, she had her baby yesterday. The picture they posted had a little koala onesie and it was very cute. It did. I wonder why. Is it because uh, koala is culturally significant? Well, let's Australia? find out why they suck first. <laughs> okay. Well, I literally Googled why koalas and then google autofilled why <laughs> koalas are the worst so that was the first result like go ahead and try it yourself i'm doing it fact check me i don't I care like i know. just know i'm not alone in this <laughs> so uh why do koalas kind of suck? sorry well, yeah. the first four results are why koalas are the worst why koalas are useless why koalas have chlamydia and why koalas are endangered. Wow, look at that. We're gonna cover Oh well you know what? Things. Why pandas are useless is number two on Google so, for when you Google why pandas, so Well, there we go. So you know it's it's Australia's panda. Um so yes, they are absolutely adorable, but they are also extremely <laughs> stupid. Like <laughs> Seriously, they have one of these. I was gonna say, I think that's for vertebrates ratios. because um, I kid you not, I'm pretty sure the smallest brain to body yeah. ratio is a is a penis worm. It's like a fish. Oh, good. that's okay. that's not a joke. <laughs> Actually, um, the smallest brain to body weight ratio of all vertebrates is the bony eared ass. Oh, that's what it was. Yes, that's what I said. Bony eared ass fish that ever call somebody that poor fish for multiple reasons. Yeah, so um, capitalize one of the smallest. Maybe it's okay. the <laughs> smallest brain to body ratio of an of any mammal. I think it might be mammal. Yeah. Um. So why are they so dumb? Well, they can literally consume. Any plant, but what is the only one that they choose from? To eat? From one specific forest. And if yes, and if you didn't know, eucalyptus is actually uh, it smells real good though. It's so uh, the air in Australia, crisp, yeah. delicious. And I put my salt in my bath with eucalyptus. <laughs> extremely relaxing. True that. Oh yes, but don't eat it because it's poisonous, <laughs> and it's poisonous to every animal including Katie you've lost your argument I'm really sorry Uh, that's like really I think that's great that they were like you know what okay but the fact they've been doing this for like probably millions of years and they haven't built up immunity to it should say something that is also they don't need to um (laughs) so the plant has a natural sedative effect so when you see koalas responding very slowly to things and moving very slowly, it's literally because their brains are in a stoned-like state 24-7. 
Um, so they're slow and they've done like brain scans of their to see like their brain activity and it's <laughs> not as active as it so they didn't have to worry about well, you know what that. they are just um, taking it easy chillax in the no, day way in the MRI they're like oh they're fine don't have to put any <laughs> anesthetic on these guys <laughs> I guess I guess they're the stoners of the yeah, animal world I guess so <laughs> they also sleep like a mm-hmm. lot because of this um, and because the eucalyptus that they eat uh, is so difficult to digest they spend the sleeping time digesting it and then when they're awake they have to always be eating because their body struggles to digest <laughs> they they so sleep much. for um, 18 to 22 hours a day I feel like yeah like hello you are not a hunting carnivore here like <laughs> so they're not bears. Okay. Come on. Okay, but fun fact though, they eat so much eucalyptus that they often start to smell like eucalyptus. So they smell. Okay, delicious. but that gets the next oh, point. <laughs> well, I'm. So you just said how great they smell. Well, I'm going to talk about something that smells quite gross. Um, so because eucalyptus is literally so hard. <laughs> for their bodies to process their young cannot consume it either so what do they do the mothers feed their young their own eucalyptus poop straight from their butt and they literally the baby literally puts <laughs> his mouth on her I, I have a lot of Gross. jokes but because we're trying to keep this PG-13 I can't say any of them <laughs> Um, there are some really great videos out there, just like there were of the pandas, showing how dumb they are. <laughs> um, there, <laughs> my favorite one, uh, someone put a painting of trees next to the koala. Okay, the okay koala you could do that with a lot of animals. How good though? was the painting? Was it like kindergarten oh! using their hands, or was it like a nice painting? <laughs> it's, the point is, is that it is it is not four-dimensional. It is a two-dimensional space that you think that they would be able to figure that out. Great. But anyways, it gets worse. Uh, there's another one where a facility had difficulty trying to serve koalas food because they were putting it on a plate. Because the koala could not associate that there was eucalyptus on a plate because it was not on a tree. I, I mean, literally can't. I can't. That one. Okay. Come on. But- that's fair. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know that we're talking about how they suck, but I feel like it's a little bit fair just because, like, animals do be dumb sometimes. What if this is not, like, an individual basis? What if this is, like, an all-across-the-board species? Uh, I mean, if somebody yeah. gave me my foot in a tree, I probably would have some questions. <laughs> there you go. Abby's on my side for koala. Uh, no, 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 no. I want to make it very clear. Oh, boy. I also think that they probably don't matter as much but uh i i I understand the plate thing because animals are just their their brains are so small katie what are they supposed to do sometimes their brains are bigger (laughs) um sometimes animals with small brains can still do some pretty great things 10 percent more banana than others but like i just don't have you guys not heard that 10% 10% more banana. DNA, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a good one. Um, well, anyways, uh, 
the craziest article that I found on my search of why koalas suck uh, was one from BBC Earth, and they titled it. Okay, that's why excessive. We might need that's to kill Australia's koalas. extreme. <laughs> and quite quite intense. Uh, you know, I I heavily disagree with this. I will preface this by saying the article was with good intention because. They were saying that they need to do a big culling to okay, but then there's none left. Them of deadly chlamydia. Yeah, there's no, but there's no way they could I, do that without yes. literally decimating yeah. the population. I, I, yeah, yep, yeah. So even though koalas are stupid, we should still save them. So then, you know, they could maybe have the chance to realize the error of their evolutionary yeah. ways. So, Katie, yeah. tell us about okay. Why First off, have you seen a koala? <laughs> Cute as hell. They are literally cute. so Their adorable. ears crack me up. Like and I used to like taking spoons and putting them on my nose. And I was like, "It's I look like a koala. <laughs> yep, exactly. Exactly. Um, which, since they're so cute, does make them a really great flagship species. And they are a lot of times the representative species for Australian wildlife conservation organizations. Um, like Wildlife Warriors, which is the... Um, you know, a conservation organization at the Australia Zoo. I say, uh, it's literally Bindi's organization, and we have nothing to say except that we stand it. So keep going. Yeah, yeah. So exactly, very popular animal. Um, for Abby, a bird named the brown-headed honeyeater, which is currently declining in population in Australia, uses koala fur to line their nests. And and but it's been shown that those that use qualifer are uh, have a more a higher chance of breeding than those that oh, do not. They're and more so success. cute. Oh, look at his! Well, he's got know, his sunglasses. Yeah. That's, that's it's very really easy for koala for the honey eater birds to steal the fur from the koalas because they're they just keep sleeping in broad daylight. Up in the tree, and literally there are, you can watch, you can Google videos of this. They literally just, like, land on the bird, and they're like, pluck, 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 thank you very much, and they fly off. Um, it's adorable. But, yeah, so important right there. Uh, wait, what is the honey eater going to use to line its nest? Nothing else. Um, anyway. Um, you know, <laughs> thank that you, is, thank you. that's that a good was, point, I was really excited to read about that one. <laughs> It's a good point for the birds, but it also makes the flowers look <laughs> it's more It's not scared. helping with Some of them will, like, attack the bird back because they do have extremely sharp claws. A lot of people think koalas are, like, cuddly, no. cute little thing. They are vicious. They are vicious when they need to be. Um, they have very sharp claws, and they will, if the bird, like, you know, catches them in the wrong mood, they will attack them. Um, but for the most part, if, like, the bird is bothering them, the koala will just move to, like, a part of the tree that's harder for the bird to get them at. Um, or a lot of koalas will just tolerate it. So, you see, they come uh, koalas, koalas for a you. little bit scare me. Just because I, I've heard that they are very, they can be scary. Yeah, unless they're stoned, then they're chill. So Just feed them. Just gotta catch just them gotta at the right time. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> otherwise, um, I would like to point out that again, it's not their fault. Their population is declining. It's not because of their stupidity. It's because we've destroyed 80% of their habitat due to deforestation. We also literally gave them chlamydia. It is our fault that, uh, 
koalas have chlamydia and are dying we, because of it. It's a devastating disease for them. Um, it, it's believed that koalas were infected with the disease in the late 1700s through infected livestock animals. It's transferred okay, from animal God. to animal. Specifically sheep. It was because we brought over foreign livestock that already had chlamydia. And obviously it's a bacterial infection. Wow. So contact with any sort of, you know, sheep feces or whatever, whatever have you, any fluids uh, could have transferred it. So anyways, that sucks for cool. <laughs> like real bad. Um, also, this is interesting. Like as far as ecological significance, they are an important uh, food source in the food chain for larger predators in Australia, unfortunately, many of whom are no longer in their geographic range or are extinct, like marsupial lions, um, Tasmanian devils, giant goannas, giant pythons, um, or some of their predators. Some still are, depending on the area, but not as much as in the past, because we also did the other animals dirty, too. Um <laughs> Also, they're an important source of food for raptors, owls, and other decomposers and scavengers um, because, you know, it's a great circle of life. That's a big hunk of food for something like a raptor, I would say, to find. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. That's right. What'd you say is true. Absolutely. So save the koalas because that also includes your saving their habitat, which are eucalyptus forests, which are very important um, for carbon storage in Australia. Um, and they're just a charismatic animal, man. Dang. They also have a lot of other ecological things, but I'm going to just know, save it at, at that for now. Thank you. Well, you did great. Stupid. They still matter. I don't know what you expected, Katie. I did get to pet one. I will say I, will, I did get to pet one in Australia, and it was soft as heck. Like super, like it was the softest fur on an animal. Have you touched I've a chinchilla? I have, and it rivaled that. Okay, I but chinchillas say. are like literally the softest animal. I know, and I rivaled that. That's what not I'm saying. So, chinchilla. Okay, so anyway, uh, now we're gonna skip ahead to the future, and Emily oh, B is gonna tell us why bottlenose dolphins are overrated. So let's roast those sensations. Also defend those sensations. And Katie will do her best. And then we pause. <laughs> All right, <laughs> time to roast the world's most ridiculous animal, in my humble opinion. If you know me, you know that I have a love-hate relationship with this animal, and that animal is the bottlenose dolphin. Emily Brick is dolphins. that shark from Finding Nemo that's, like, yes. making fun of dolphins. I'm so cute. Yes. I mean, people are at our aquarium, and they're like, look at the dolphins. Where are the dolphins? And you're like, but look at these beautiful everything else. <laughs> yeah, but look at these giant plants. They're so yep. much cooler. Yeah, there you go. Um, but I mean, if you've ever met somebody who really loves bottlenose dolphins, like, I don't need to tell you that like something's going on, <laughs> like bottlenose dolphins. I don't know what it is that just like captivates people. Like I get it. They're charismatic, but there are lots of other charismatic animals in the ocean. I think it's that they're so intelligent and they're so, they have such distinct personalities. They are very similar to us. But their intelligence should frighten you. Yes, I agree. <laughs> well, 
I mean, I agree, but I also think it's awesome. But uh, yes. Dolphins. So let's get down to it. Um, bottlenose dolphins. If you are not familiar with a bottlenose dolphin, if you've ever seen a dolphin ever, it's probably a bottlenose dolphin. Because <laughs> like that's the, bottlenose dolphin. the only one that anybody ever knows or sees or is in movies or TV shows or aquariums and zoos. Like, if you've seen a dolphin, chances are 10 to 1, it's probably a bottlenose dolphin. Um, first of all, let me just diss the bottlenose dolphin right off the bat just oh. because of their coloration. Like, bud, you're just gray. That's it. It's not exciting. They have, uh, what's it called? Um, They're counter Thank you. That's yeah, the word. <laughs> yeah. But so is everything else in the ocean. <laughs> well, yes. It's very helpful if you're an ocean animal. <laughs> but like at least spotted dolphins have spots and common dolphins have stripes. And Riso's dolphins are like all different kinds of speckles. Orcas like, be black and white. Orcas be disruptively colored, you know, and dolphins. dolphins. Commerson's too. And freaking battlenose dolphins—they're just boring. Like you picked the most boring dolphin. That's they ain't no river say. dolphin. That's, That's for true. sure. <laughs> um, but bottlenose dolphins are one of only thirty uh, of about thirty-five different species of dolphins. I think technically it's closer to like thirty-seven or thirty-eight, depending on who you ask. Um, but they are one of the most heavily studied marine animals because of their charismatic nature and because they are very intelligent. So we know a lot about them. I was reading in an, another article that they are the most studied and well-known mammal in the world. Well, there you go. Makes sense. All Which those, really does. All those little girls who grow up to be want to be dolphin trainers <laughs> and end up. They did it. They did it. You did it. You did it, dolphin girls. That was dolphin me. Girls, I was a dolphin girl. Well, I started dolphin as a dolphin girls, girl. Dolphin girls and horse girls have the same energy. They absolutely do. You're not wrong. That's right. what got me into it. Like I went to Discovery Cove and met a dolphin trainer and met a dolphin. And I was like, yep, I'm hooked. Let's do it. And then I met primates and I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> They're way better. It's true. Um, all right. So most importantly, besides the fact that they are boringly colored. Um, <laughs> first, God, I have worked at a few facilities that have bottlenose dolphins. And the number one like question from guests is like, Oh, like they're so nice, right? Like they're really playful, right? Like I could just jump in there. What would happen if I just jumped in there? You would be attacked. You would be attacked. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. They have teeth. Did you know they have teeth? They have like 80 to a hundred teeth. They sure you know do. What they do with those teeth? They bite. They bite <laughs> anything they can get their stinking mouth around. doesn't matter if it's your arm or a fish or a ball or an octopus. It doesn't matter. They have teeth. They will bite you. Anything with anything with teeth can and will bite you. Anything with a mouth can bite you. Dolphins are no different. Correct. Ugh, I could I could just go on that point for days because that just drives me nuts. But anyway, yeah, people just think it's well, okay to like stick their hand in a dolphin pool. I'm like, right. bro, you asking to lose your hand? Or the fact that like. When people are like, they're so sweet, like they're so intelligent, that means they're so nice and they're so playful and like, you know, it's like, no, that means that they have the capacity for evil things. Yes, exactly. So like other animals in the ocean are just true neutrals. They're out there, they're doing their thing. Like sharks, for example, a true neutral if there ever was one. Dolphins are a chaotic evil because they have the capacity to do so. That's what I'm saying. To choose violence. And speaking of violence, they will violently mate with anything that that includes 
That includes other dolphins. That includes both males and females. That includes inanimate objects. (laughs) They don't care. They will, this is, this is pretty gnarly. They will murder a baby dolphin of another species and then violently try to mate with it. Like this has been documented more than once. Yeah, They're messed up. That's not great. It's not great. It's a negative couple of points for bottlenose dolphins, I'd say. That's what I'm saying. Um, another point. People think they're altruistic. Altruistic means that they're going to do something nice for you and not expect anything in return because they're just a nice dolphin. Okay, (laughs) false. We've already told you many times that they're not nice. But the only animal that's actually been documented um, with altruistic behavior in a marine environment is actually humpback whales. Um, Humpback whales. Beautiful whale. (laughs) They are. They will protect other smaller animal species from, like, attacking killer whales or any threats like that. So you go, humpback whales. Minus 10 bottlenose dolphins. (laughs) (sighs) Um, I just mentioned this um, infanticide um, where they murder babies of their own species is actually pretty common in bottlenose dolphins. Um, Males from like rival groups will kill the mother's calves um, so that they can breed with the mother. Because if the mother doesn't have to take care of the baby, then she's free to make another baby in their messed up brains. Um, So not great. Not great. Um, let's see. Oh, people will, or not people, excuse me. Dolphins will play games with other animals for their own amusement. Now this has been documented with basically, like I said, if they can get their freaking mouth around it, they're going to treat it like a toy or eat it. Those are your options. Um, I've seen videos of them tossing like live octopus up in the air. Um, they (laughs) will like, They'll spin stingrays around. They like to play with their food or they just like to play with things that they're not even going to eat anyway. Exactly. Like a turtle frisbee. Yes. I was just going to say they do like to spin turtles quite a bit. Like I also read an article where they were using a shark as a volleyball. Like, come on. (laughs) And people think that these are the best animals that live in the ocean. Like messed up. Like at least beluga whales. Like I have not ever seen a beluga whale choose violence ever. Like, they're just vibing, and bottlenose dolphins wake up and choose violence literally every day. Um, another point. What about all of the other dolphins? There are so many other cooler species of dolphins. Um, for example, Riso's dolphins that live out in the Pacific, Commerson's dolphins that live down in the Arctic, or sorry, the Antarctic, um, Dusky dolphins. They look like they have these really cool, like, hourglass shapes on their sides. Dus- very neat. Dusty dolphins? Dusky. Dusky. Okay. <laughs> it's yes, like I've never heard of that one. <laughs> they're really cool. Um, the humpback dolphin, which is pretty neat. They have almost like a humpback and then a much smaller um, dorsal fin. Um, there's spotted dolphins. They're very speckly. There's spinner dolphins, which are incredible. I've seen them in Hawaii. They literally jump up and just like spin, spin a bazillion times. Cool. Like they're just having a fun time. Like that's a fun dolphin. I'll give them a fun point. <laughs> Bottomless dolphins still minus 10. Um, and then besides dolphins, there are tons of other animals in the ocean that are underappreciated and understudied. And, you know, I could go on giant clams for one, but, um, you know, there's just so many other cool things in the ocean. Um, and then I found this article that I've seen circulating on Facebook the last couple of days. So I looked into it. Um, in general, dolphins, like even the other species of dolphins do exhibit a lot of these same behaviors mm-hmm. as bottlenose dolphins because they're all very social animals. They're messing with each other left and right. Um, but there was a group in South Africa that was observing um, a group of humpback dolphins. And these humpback dolphins were traveling 
with a newborn common dolphin calf, not their baby. Um, And the assumption is either the common dolphin calf was orphaned and these humpback dolphins took him in, or this common dolphin calf was separated from his mom. He's like, you guys look kind of similar to me. (laughs) Or the third, and in my opinion, most likely option is that this little baby was kidnapped oh, yeah. from his mm. own dolphins. Mm. <laughs> they would do it. Tell me they wouldn't, because they would. Yeah. So, um, and then I just saw this quote on Facebook. Um, somebody was commenting on a photo of someone we know with a dolphin who hates dolphins, and it was a glorious moment in society. But Oh, yes, yes, I saw that. Yeah. He said, they really are just gray demons with a great PR team. That like, is true. That is the most accurate thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I will say then – so, like, the other – the message that we kind of got when we were talking about pandas and koalas before this is, like, being so popularized has its, has its you know, pros and cons. But I think for dolphins, one of the biggest cons of being so popular is it really makes them susceptible in the wild to human interaction. Like, oh, really yeah. susceptible. Oh, dolphin. They're like, oh, that's a dolphin. That's nice. I can A, jump in the water and swim with it, or B, feed it, or C, get way too close to it. Yeah. and that It's not a good time. It is illegal in the United it States. It is illegal. I will say. If you didn't know Rain it, protection don't end. touch those marine mammals. Bah! Specifically um, manatees, personally, but also those dolphins as well. But there are still some, you know, benefits to the Bottlenose dolphin. Can't even get through the sentence, Katie. Don't lie to yourself. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason they're so popular and like so highly studied. Um, a, we do have them in obviously, like Emily said, a lot of aquariums. So we do know the ins and outs of this animal like no other. Um, but that's the reason why they're in so many aquariums is we know how to take care of them. We know what they need in human care, unlike, you know, like other species, like the only other dolphin, well, two dolphins, I guess, that I've ever seen in human care are orcas and commerce's dolphins. I've never seen a couple places have, any others. Uh, I can only think of a few. Um, Clearwater has a rough tooth, rough tooth dolphin. Mm-hmm. Uh, of San Diego has a common dolphin. Mm-hmm. But those, both of those were rescue situations. Right, that's what it is. I would imagine. So I think with like dolphins in human care, it's also just a matter of we haven't studied other species so widely enough that we feel confident enough to like have them in that kind of situation unless it's a rescue, you know, which is when we usually are able to learn more about their physical care and stuff is if it's a risk rescue and rehab situation. So I think that's a reason why, but, um, while they do have all these, you know, not great qualities you brought up about them, um, they aren't endangered or threatened. However, they sure do live pretty much everywhere in the ocean. They're extremely wide ranged all over the place. Um, so the fact that their range is so large, that by helping co- uh, bottle those dolphins, you're helping the ocean. Period. It's true. You can connect them to pretty much any ocean issue, whether it's pollution, overfishing, um, noise pollution, like you name it, dolphins are affected. So they are a really great flagship species for the ocean in general. Um, Whether or not they deserve it, (laughs) you know, 
as Emily said, maybe up for debate. Um, but I will also say their intelligence is no joke. Um, I am a little mad because like you said, it's very, it's, it's likely that most other dolphin species do have the same level of intelligence, yes. but we seem to only be fixated on bottlenose dolphins. Uh, but granted, sure. I think that's again, because they're so widespread, that makes them really easy to study. Um, their intelligence is no joke. They are cooperative hunters. They have a complex communication system and they have been shown using tools. So tool use, which are like the three big <laughs> yeah, that's true. indicators of animal intelligence. So they're too smart for their own. They good. really are. Um, and, you know, they are obviously very important to their ecosystem. They are one of the top predators in most areas that they live in. Um, there are things that eat bottlenose dolphins, like some sharks and... Um, Killer whales. Thank you. Yes. The other dolphins. Other dolphins. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, other murderous dolphins. But they are also, you know, eating a ton of fish. So they're helping balance out those, um, you know ecological relationships which is why especially with dolphins they're so connected to the message of overfishing in the ocean because when you're like telling people about overfishing and they're like yeah okay but you're like but the dolphins won't have any food and then they're like uh, oh no and it's like yeah okay well we should care about the ocean in general but <sighs> go off i guess yeah thinking dolphins so i, see I will point. say they they do get people to care, which is yes. really big in, you know, my life and everybody else's. But uh, sometimes I just wish that we had picked another mascot, you know? Yeah. And I understand too, like, <laughs> I think when Abby was talking about pandas, this is kind of like a big thing too, is like, it's very different from the zoo employee side of things than, you know, the That's guest true. side of things where they just love to see dolphins because they usually are doing some pretty cool behaviors with the trainers and whatnot. And they're cute. Um, but on the flip side, it's like we know so many other animals at our facilities that are just as awesome. And then, you know, you're just like, they don't get enough recognition, which is uh, kind of more of an us problem than a dolphin well, problem. Well, what I'm hearing. <laughs> Is that everybody who listens to our podcast needs to go find an animal that is cooler than pandas, <laughs> koalas, and bottlenose dolphins? I guess. I mean, there are there are options. Maybe they should definitely look up like one other species of dolphin yes. and, and see why they're also it. so cool. My personal recommendation is the Rizos dolphin. They're so cool. I do really. They like, like go from gray to white over their whole life because they end up getting so scarred by the squid that they eat that their skin literally changes. Oof, ah, that's that's yeah. rough. I really like. Yeah, but it's really cool. Commerson's dolphins, just because they're teeny tiny <laughs> little dolphins, they're very cute. You mean baby killer whales? Yeah. <laughs> um, we, well, this is when we both worked at SeaWorld, right? So I don't work there yes. anymore. I can say it. Um, oh. We would sometimes be at Aquatica, which is the um, water park at SeaWorld, and they have Commerson's dolphins there. And they are black and white, very small dolphins. And every, every day, every time I was there, someone would always be like, those baby killer whales, they're baby killer whales. And I was like, they're not. They're not. <laughs> they're not. <laughs> 
They're not. Just because things have the same color doesn't mean it's the same animal. Nope. Uh, Yeah, they're not. They stay teeny tiny and they live in a different place. Well, I guess killer whales live down there too. But anyways, yeah. Cool stuff. Great. Go look up other dolphins. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Thanks, Emily. We'll uh, continue back on to uh, me, Abby, and Emily A now. And we're back. <laughs> that was that was we're, we're paused like and we're back. Zen pause. <laughs> so you might be asking, you just told us why all these animals are terrible so what is your conservation conversation why they are important (laughs) so we may not like these animals they might be dumb they might be pointless but it's important to help conserve the areas they live in because future generations do have a chance to see them and i wrote even if they have no ecological value and katie has amended my notes to say but they do though and diversity promotes civility which I, I agree. So even though... I really like that. I'm going to use that in the future. Diversity promotes stability. Because that is a... Okay. Oh my gosh, yes. I have to contact whoever wrote that article. This? We like it. Can I please put this on a t-shirt? Because that is just... You know what? We'll, quote, man. we'll make That's the so shirt. True. And it'll have a picture of a panda, a bottlenose dolphin, and a koala. Oh my god, stop! But actually, yes. stay tuned. We're I promise we're gonna try to get this Patreon stuff going. Um, all right. So the reason that we had to push our episode back this week is because our next episode we're going to be interviewing a conservationist. We had to reschedule Ooh, with her, but after that we'll be back to our biome episode. series, which we're very excited about. Uh, be sure to now. Uh, here comes our plugs. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Conservation Queens Podcast. Please rate us five stars in the iTunes store and um, subscribe to it and write a review. Currently, we have 12 five-star ratings uh, and two reviews from Emily B. and her fiance. So we need more of you guys to review us and say how much you like the show. This is the best way for people to discover our podcast is by word of mouth and by reviews. So please, please, please rate us five stars because we would love to keep making content for you guys. Um, buy your tickets for the AZA Benefit Concert. Remember, that's um, on March 31st, 2021. So if you're listening after that, you missed out so just go donate $30 to your local conservation organization um and until next week or next time stay safe stay sustainable and we'll see you later bye bye